Welcome to the podcast for people turning the great American RV adventure into stressless camping. We're glad you joined our weekly adventure. Now let's gather around the campfire with our hosts, Peggy and Tony Barthel. Welcome back to the campfire. We're so happy to be here. And over there, she's Peggy. And he's Tony. Welcome back to Stressless Camping. You know, on the forums the other day, I saw a picture of a lady that someone described as her grandmother who likes to camp in period-correct 1800 outfits and in a period-correct tent and all the things that go with it. But this lady definitely made the experience beautiful. So I just wanted to remind everyone that glamping doesn't necessarily mean a fancy RV. You can be historically correct and still be a glamper. Yeah, it was that was pretty cool. I mean, she went all out with that tent and her outfit. And it was, it was really neat to see. We have got a super exciting episode for you today. We have John Goldstein from Leisure Travel Works. And John worked in an RV manufacturing company building RVs. And then in 2008, uh, he started his own business fixing people's RVs. And they just that company does a super job. They're down in Southern California, of course. We'll have a link to uh, Leisure Coach Works. They, they're they just terrific. So we have a lot of information. And the interview was so densely packed, I think, with information that we split it up. So we'll have a portion of it this week. And, and a portion next week. Yeah. So uh, make sure to come back. Well, subscribe to the podcast and you'll be sure to get it. One of the things I want to warn you, John has seen the worst of the worst happen to RVs. And he very emphatically loves RVing and goes RVing and still is a big fan. But he also, don't let uh, some of his words scare you. Because <laughs> he is some seen- of the things that he explains or describes are, uh, I don't know, horrifying (laughs) but but remember always that that's a small percentage of the entire experience and don't get nervous that this can go wrong or that can go wrong because think of all the things that can go right right absolutely uh it's kind of like getting advice on a neighborhood from a from a peace officer that that peace officer has seen the worst of the neighborhood but really it's a great place to live so and then we have a very, very special guest after John. We have Traveling Robert, a.k.a. Robert Morales, uh, and uh, he is on this epic cross-country tour, so I hope you enjoy that, too. I had a chance to catch up with him, and we shared a, a few beers, maybe a few too many beers. Maybe few. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's I, what happens when I let Tony travel without me. Yeah, it's, it, it was a whole lot of fun. I think Lagunitas is, is presently trying to catch up with the consumption. So anyway, enjoy the show. Thank you for uh, coming and joining us on this little adventure of ours. And without any further ado, here's John Goldstein. Today we're going to talk about something that I came across quite a bit in my world of working in the RV industry, and that's RV general maintenance, things to make your RV last longer and look better, and if you're going to trade in or trade up, uh, maybe be worth a little more. And I have uh, the good fortune of knowing John Goldstein, the president of Leisure Coachworks, and Leisure Coachworks stemmed out of the manufacturing of RVs in Southern California, and now 
keeps those RVs looking good and running great. And John is kind enough to come and spend some time with us. So hi, John. Welcome. Thanks, Tony. Thanks for having me on here. Yeah, we actually started uh, back in 2008 when a manufacturer that we all worked for went out of business. And, uh, you know, back during the Great Great Recession when everyone was just trying to figure out how to keep their, you know, their house and they weren't always so worried about keeping their RV. So our background starts not only with uh, RV maintenance, but we all built coaches from the ground up. So a lot of times, you know, our our uh, information goes a little bit farther than just the standard RV place. You know, we've built things from the ground up. We do a lot of things that are custom. And uh, the thing that I always like to try and tell people is it's really important for you to have a place where you can go and try and do all the fun things but it's always important to never look past the fact that you need to do maintenance kind of like what you want to talk about in this conversation today boy isn't that the case and i've seen i've seen photos and seen examples of john's work and the people there and they took coaches that were in collisions and made them look as good and probably better than new i've seen some of the interior modifications they've done and they're terrific and uh just general maintenance yeah we've we've done everything from basic maintenance we've converted semi trucks into mobile barbecues we restored a an old gmc bus um and uh, yeah, definitely there's no shortage of maintenance and upgrades that are out there, but all very important. And sometimes the, the little things are what get you in the end. Boy, isn't that the case? But I my premise here today is simple general maintenance will keep an RV going a long way. And what I found, the number one thing that people seem to ignore is we start at the top with the roof. Yes, that is so true. A lot of times when people come in and they realize that they have, you know, some kind of a surface distortion, any kind of, uh, there's so many different signs of water and, you know, you could get wavy surfaces. You can get things that start looking like pimples. Your uh, panel on the inside could be buckling. You could even get weird growths. And a lot of times what I always try to recommend, regardless of whether you're looking at the roof or the wall, you know, it's not so much important anymore because uh, we don't have time change, but I always used to recommend pick two times a year. Normally it used to be when you would set your clocks forward or your clocks back, walk around the coach. If you see a crack, seal it. And every couple years, um, scrape it and start new. And definitely make sure that you're using the proper sealant or silicone or self-leveling type of product for the surface. You know, a lot of times people don't always realize that, you know, the rubber roofs, if you're talking about, or if you want to get technical, TPO, um, Dicor, EPDM, um, it's always best to understand what kind of surface you have that you're trying to apply sealant to and make sure that you have the appropriate sealant that goes on there that will bond properly. And then just basic cleaning to try and make sure the surface is as clean as it can before you install the sealant that applies to that application. The other thing is take your time. Don't be in a rush because as soon as you're in a rush, it's not going to look good. And the other thing I always tell people is, you know what, even if it doesn't look good, it's going to look better than the damage that it's going to cause from that little tiny crack that's up on your roof or on your wall, in your window, around your awning leg. Any place where you have a penetration that's going to allow water to go into your coach is going to create a problem. And a lot of times people think that it's the roof or 
or everything else, but it's it's really every time you have a transition from rubber to um, you know siding to a window to a roof vent to a, a seal around your your crank up TV antenna, all of those things are going to let water in. And by the time you see that you have a leak, a lot of times the damage is already in the process or it's already pretty far. I mean, we've done everything from rebuilding roofs. You can rebuild the whole front of a, of a trailer. We've rebuilt the whole front end of a fifth wheel because there was water coming in. Slide-out floors can get rotted out because the water, the water will always find a way to either sit there or come out. You know, if it's a roof, you could get a roof stain. If it's fabric, if it's vinyl, you could get water that comes in and it creates a, it almost looks like pimples and you get kind of different surface distortions or around an awning, you know, you start getting wavy exterior siding if it's a motorhome or a trailer. And really, really important, just use the right type of seal, check it at least twice a year, and figure out the two times that almost go naturally with whatever your schedule is, whether it's two times you're going to take it out, birthdays, anything, but try and split it up so that way you can always remember and just keep an eye on it. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, one of the things I've heard people say is, oh, well, my roof is guaranteed for 12 years. I never have to look at it. And nothing could be further from the truth that that EPDM or rubber surface may be guaranteed for 12 years, but not all the places where holes are punched, like air conditioners or roof vents and all of that, uh, that is a maintenance item and is not covered under warranty. You know, if we had a penny for every time someone came in and thought that that was going to be covered, maintenance is never going to be included. And a lot of the times, if you don't do the maintenance, it's going to cause problems and no one's going to cover it. You know, I think the biggest takeaway that people need to understand when you're talking about what you just said is it's a mechanical breakdown insurance. If something has not mechanically failed or if it's, you know, sometimes working or sometimes not, they're not going to cover the repair because there isn't any kind of mechanical failure. If it's something that's a maintenance, that's definitely not considered a mechanical failure. And then if it's something that's letting water in, your regular insurance isn't going to cover it because it's considered lack of maintenance that's causing the problem. That's absolutely right. And so make sure that, that you check anywhere, as you said, where there's a change in surface in the in the roof where there's holes punched, the windows, the doors, the lights, there's holes drilled in your RVs where the wires go through and, and the lights are screwed on and such. In fact, me being thinking I'm hot stuff and I know what I'm doing I neglected to look at one of my marker lights and water did get in and I had to have that damage repaired. So uh, all these little places where you have holes punched in the surface of your RV, all of that needs to at least be inspected every six months. So We had the same problem on our, um, our toy hauler we had out here. I mean, it had been parked here and I mean, we walk by it every day. And literally, um, there was a maybe maybe an eighth of an inch hole on the corner because it's a slow proof and all the water runs down and it was literally running inside of our front cap and it's corrugated sided so the inside panel started having a really weird growth in the top we ended up having to remove the whole interior panel re-insulate it put it all back 
and then seal the hole. The thing that I found actually that's kind of a little trick is, um, you know, if you have a sloped roof, like a lot of the toy haulers and stuff like that, if you buy that rubber, it's like a rain uh, windshield gutter that they put above windows or, or side windows. Um, if you put that before the seal that's at that transition, if you ever do get water that runs down, which people always say it's not raining in Southern California, but you have water that runs <laughs> off your coach every morning from dew, um, won't always go inside of those holes. It will get diverted. And even if you do have a leak, it won't have all of the water that's running down hitting that if you have that kind of installed just a little bit before that seam. Boy, that that is a, is a $100 tip right there. So take some gutter material where the like where the front cap may be put onto your uh, motorhome or travel trailer whatever and then kind of use it to divert water down in case water does end up there and we're we're calling you from northern california and we do get rain plenty of it and yeah. so that is a that's a brilliant tip i love that thank you john no problem it's just that the, the little rubber one that's self-adhesive on one side you can bite it like a 10-foot roll the other place that a lot of times people don't always realize especially while we're talking about trailers around wheel wells if you have any kind of area while you're driving and it's just going to kick up water a lot of times when you get water that comes in from there it it, it, it rots your floor out or even even like in the front by the A-frame where you're hooking up your truck, if where that roof goes down to the floor, if that's not sealed, that whole front front can start to rot out as well. Interesting. Well, that is something I had. I'm going to go outside and look at our travel trailer when we're done. <laughs> You're giving me all kinds of things, and I thought I knew stuff. There's one other little trick, too. And, uh, well, you know, that's the whole purpose of this conversation. I mean, anyone that tries to walk through life and say they know everything is obviously not paying attention to life because you're supposed to learn something <laughs> new every day. Exactly. And if you don't, you aren't paying attention. You know, we use a really technical system here when we're trying to find leaks and voids and stuff like that. They're not very expensive. You can go get one. They're DJ fog machines. And if you take it and you put a little hose on it, you could literally start putting it around anywhere in your coach to try and check for leaks and really if you're putting it inside and you start seeing smoke coming out or smoke coming in then what you want to do is you go back and you either foam you seal you tape you do whatever you need to do to try and make it so you don't have a that void that's fantastic and by coincidence i have a fog machine because <laughs> halloween does come around and so I, uh, when i bet you when i uh You'll see me out there at the travel trailer fogging it up. I may just start a party. <laughs> exactly. Who knows, right? There's not a party going on. We're just checking for leaks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great tip. Well, one of the another thing I hear a lot of people concerned about as buyers are slides. Slides are something people go, oh, those fail all the time. But what kind of experience do you guys have and what can people do to avoid having them fail? I think the most important thing, well, if we just try and talk about general, um, there's a lot of different slide-out systems. Um, some slide-out systems are very forgiving. Some slide-out systems are not forgiving at all. You want to make sure that you're consulting with you know, the, the general specifications of your manufacturer. Some manufacturers are very critical of your coach being level before you try and ruin rooms in and out. 
because um, a lot of these uh, newer coaches are built with a, a Schwintex system or any type of system that's actually mounted on your wall of your slide out instead of arms that go in and out with the coach. Anytime you have tracks mounted to your wall, they're a lot more susceptible to where if your coach is out of level, it's almost like if you were to think of a shoebox, right? And if you grab that shoebox and you kind of tweaked it just a little bit or rotated it a little bit, kind of like jarring it back and forth, as soon as you do that by putting your coach out of level, none of those tracks are going to line up. And as soon as you try and run that room in and out even one or two times and the coach isn't level, you could have serious problems. And by the time you figure it out, it's normally too late. So definitely look at your manufacturer, see what kind of systems you have on your coach. If you have tracks on your walls, make sure that you're always level before you run your room in and out. If you have guides that go underneath the room that kind of go in the chassis and back and forth, those are not necessarily as susceptible to being problematic when your coach isn't perfectly level, but it's always a general rule to make sure that your coach is level, no drawers are out or that have opened up while you're traveling, make sure there's nothing in the way, um, cleaning and lubricating the tracks with any type of uh, um, that, something that's not going to attract dust and, and definitely look at your system specifically, see if there's any recommendations about what you put on there because certain ones might not like certain types of either lubricants. Definitely dry lubricants are always better. Stay away from things like WD-40 because those tend to attract dirt. Um, and, you know, again, just, just try and figure out first what kind of system you have what kind of limitations that system has and try and follow general specs of, of how they recommend that you operate that unit. Another thing is if it's a motorhome, it's always best to have the engine running um, to give it full voltage. Or if you're uh, on a trailer, it's, it's always good if, you're, if your unit's plugged in as well. That's, that's good stuff to know. We had a customer who they had a slide room and they were bringing it in and it stopped. And so they, well, that's odd. They put it back out and brought it back in and it stopped. And the third time they realized uh, what was happening when they heard that take the cabinet door off because the cabinet door had not been latched properly and it literally pulled that cabinet door right off. So yeah. one of the most basic things I always tell people with slides is make sure the pathway is clear. Look at the top of the slide before you bring it in because the outside is about to become the inside of your RV. <laughs> and look for like those. I've seen a lot of cases where those little teeny rocks that we all pick up in campgrounds literally put a huge couch in the flooring of an RV. So that's so true. Yeah, make sure there's nothing in the way, little rocks, branches on the roof, and of course your cabinet doors and lawn furniture and all of that stuff. Your spouse. Yeah. Well, usually <laughs> you'll hear them and then then you'll never hear the end of it either. <laughs> No, but as long as everybody's laughing and can walk away, then you're all right. Right? I was just right. getting a beer. Well, if you trap me in and I can still get to the beer, that's A-OK. -okay. That's I right. Know, right. Just make sure I'm still yeah. plugged in and we got plenty left. <laughs> Absolutely. So you had uh, touched on lubricating slide mechanisms. Uh, any other? I know wheel bearings are a big thing that a lot of people don't look at that's definitely um very important and it just depends on how often you um take your unit in and out 
how far you drive, stuff like that. You know, if you take it a couple trips and you're only driving 50 to 100 miles each time, it's not as important to do it as, as frequently. Uh, but general maintenance goes a long way, and if you are going to pull your your shoes off, um, you know, and pack your bearings, it's always best to, you know, grease your bearings, put new seals in, put everything back, see if everything's working, check it with the electricity, uh, make sure the magnet's working, try and adjust the shoes as far as you can to where when you put the tire back on, you can only get a, a small amount of, of wheel rotation before it stops. Um, that always helps. And actually, while you're on that subject, you know, a lot of times on trailers, if you're down there looking at the bo- at the bearings, um, you always want to check all your hangers, your bushings, all of the bolts, because a lot of times over time, those will actually start to walk and all of your holes will start to get oblonged and you'll either drop a leaf spring, you'll lose a bolt. Um, that's a perfect opportunity to actually do an upgrade um, where you can change the bolts that are on there and put something that has as a you know a greasable fitting or changing out the bushings to something better while it's on there you know a lot of times people go from from a dr- from a drum brake to a disc brake um, that's definitely a really cool upgrade um, but you know if you're just trying to keep something that's working in, in proper order pack the bearings change the seals make sure that everything's clean and everything's working and moving properly before you put it back together and try and adjust the wheel spin on there to where it's not too tight and it's not too loose to where you really got to apply the brakes before they work. And actually, sometimes you'll get underneath there. If it's an electric system, you might even notice that one of all of your brakes doesn't even have the wires hooked up. They could have got cut. They could have got hit by some kind of road debris. I can't tell you how many times we'll go and we'll start packing someone's bearings and we'll find either one, you know, uh, one of the brakes is no longer hooked up. You have bolts that are that are literally getting ready to fall out, holes that are oblonged, all kinds of stuff like that. Definitely just visually looking at everything and looking that everything's nice, tight, and in the proper you know location. Sounds like uh, you could really avoid some trouble by just very basic maintenance. Yes. And if you happen to be in Southern California and you want absolutely terrific repairs and maintenance done on your RV, motorhome, whatever you happen to enjoy. Uh, Leisure Coach Works, they, they know these things inside and out. They've built them. They've seen them. They've fixed them. Uh, and so I, I can't recommend you guys any more highly. I appreciate that. We're Yeah, we're right across the street from the California Speedway. We have uh, eight power hookups for those people that actually are traveling the country and are in the Southern California, Fontana area, or if you live in your coach full-time, we have power hookups. We can work on your coach during the day, and then we pull you out every night, and you can camp out, and we could start on it the next day. Um, we're a direct repair facility for National General, Tiffin Motorhomes, and um, any any basic extended warranty we can we can deal with as well and we'll, we got you covered and we shampoo your carpets and we wash your coach for free with every service no oh, that's terrific Ooh. that alone is worth dragging my trailer down there for yeah let's break <laughs> something well, we always appreciate the work and you're gonna make a mess when you fix anything and you got to give it back better when you when you're done yeah you guys are just very detail oriented and do a super job Camping is all about great experiences, and that's why we love Harvest Hosts. Harvest Hosts is the gateway to beautiful overnighting experiences. And with Harvest Hosts, you can boondock at wineries, 
breweries, cultural destinations, golf courses, so much more. It's a great alternative to traditional campgrounds. Yeah, a lot of those really great pictures you've seen online, like Instagram and such, have been taken at Harvest Host destinations, and you can experience those yourself. You can, and we've got a good deal on Harvest Host memberships on our partners page at StresslessCamping.com. Enjoy your next Stressless Camping getaway at a beautiful destination and save money in the process. Winner, winner. Everyone's a winner. Yeah. Hey, chicken dinner. (laughs) Welcome back to the campfire. We are so excited when we have a guest here at the campfire. And we have a very, very special guest today, Robert Morales, a.k.a. Traveling Robert. Welcome. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's uh, it's my pleasure to be here sharing uh, this this campsite with you guys. Ah, It's it's great to have you. If if you're not a follower of Robert's, you should be. Um, He has some 81,000 YouTube followers. Uh, He's got a Facebook group. He's got a podcast, which is Living the RV Dream with Traveling Robert. And just uh, a great guy all around with lots of... uh, things to see and do and he does absolutely terrific uh travelogue videos where he takes you along on a journey and I, I really like your sort of dry sense of humor and your honest approach it's not it's it's not uh a lot of fluff or anything it's just really good videos of of all kinds of places that you're really gonna want to go so <laughs> do it that's why you have so many subscribers, in my opinion. They're great videos. Oh, thank you. I, yeah. did, I didn't really know I had a sense of humor until someone told me. <laughs> because, you know, it's, it's just the way, I, the way I am and the way I talk. So, Well, that, that's a good thing. So Robert also is a musician, podcaster, and as I said, YouTube artist. So he has written all his own music for his podcast and for his YouTube videos. So, uh, you know, they say Howard Stern is the king of all media, but it might be you. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I just, I just <laughs> like doing it, and uh, and I have the the possibility to do it. So yeah, it's a, it's a, it, it's a good thing. So right now, one of the reasons we're fortunate enough to have Robert here is he is doing an absolutely epic around the country journey, hitting all four corners, the the far flung corners of the U.S. So tell us a little about that. Well, it, it all started. Uh, Probably a couple of years ago, when I wanted to do the, the 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 whole contiguous United States, the lower forty-eight, before I turned forty-eight, that didn't quite happen that way, you know, because <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know it's uh, we, we have a very large country, and uh, it's it's it, it would take a lifetime to really see everything. But I decided, you know, as as uh, as I'm still forty-eight, while I'm forty-eight, I want to do the the lower forty-eight, and I and I decided to. To take it to the next level and do like the the eight corners of the country, you know, southwesternmost, westernmost, northwesternmost, northernmost, which is Angles Inlet, which is is a cartographical error that happened uh, when when they created the border with Canada and um, then Maine, and I'm gonna end up in my home state of Florida at the southernmost point and southeasternmost point. Wow, and uh, and so everybody knows because you're not sitting here with us. You are virtually. Uh, we are in Northern California, so Robert has come across the U.S. Uh, he went to VidCon in Anaheim, uh, made a detour to Las Vegas for his birthday. Uh, it's it's been quite, it's been yeah, it's... an epic journey. And earlier this year in uh, January, we ran into you at Quartzsite. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, this is my my actually my third cross country road trip, uh, with as an RVer. Wow! So it's uh, 
it's really exciting. It's really exciting to see how how the landscape changes gradually as as you travel out west. Yeah, I I dig it. Um, what? How do you plan for an adventure like that? I mean, that's quite the trip. Well, uh, th- th- there are th- there are two two facets to this. Part of it is very very planned and meticulously planned. Certain things, and then I I let. The other fifty percent fall fall to serendipity, you know. <laughs> uh, you know, I, like for example, at, at VidCon, I met with the with the, uh, the the director of the board of tourism for Bishop, California. So I decided to 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 stay a night in Bishop, California, and see the town, and things like that that were not planned. Uh, uh, originally, and some things that were planned. For example, I wanted to see Big Bend National Park uh, in Texas. It's 106 degrees out there. Oh. I said, "No way! <laughs> yeah. I'm heading. I'm heading for Taos, New Mexico, which wasn't in the in the plan." So you know, it. it um, and then, uh, all, all over the course of all these years that I've been doing videos, a lot of people give me advice or tips about different places and whenever someone gives me a tip or an advice I make a note or and I and I save a star in my Google Maps so ah. so now whenever I I'm from here I'm going to do the the Pacific coast the Oregon coast all the way to to Washington state and I have probably 25 or 30 stars along the coast that are places that Sometimes I don't remember why, but someone recommended them. So I'm, go- I'm going to hit all those places. That sounds great. That, that is a great way to plan. And so Google Maps is a, is a component of your Definitely. Planning. It is a great component. Even, even if I use a, an RV-specific GPS, since I have everything saved on Google Maps, I, I use both in conjunction. That's that's awesome. a great idea. I I can't believe I never thought of that as much as I dig all that mm-hmm. stuff. Um, <laughs> what Peggy and I have done is we have a folder of bookmarks on our browser, and whenever we hear of a place, we bookmark that place. And that that folder has gotten ridiculously long in terms of the number of places. So it we, might be easier to see a bunch of stars. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think your idea is better. Yeah, I, I used to keep a list. I think it was on um, what this app. Uh, Evernote. Oh yeah, yeah. That yeah. that list got out of control, and it's it's very hard to organize like by state or, uh, and for example, I'm here. In, we're in Petaluma, California. I, I could I could just look at my Google Map and see all the little stars that are nearby <laughs> Petaluma, right. California. So yeah. I could see those those places like like Point Reyes where that where, where I went today, for example. Yeah, it's it's funny, Robert. Is uh, do you have any days to just put your feet up because your adventures from just following you on the various interweb things, uh, you are just going going. Uh, it gets to a point that once in a while I do have to to take one day off, and I also have to take at least two days a week to to work because I, I'm still. Uh, uh, <laughs> publishing videos every every Sunday, so they have to be edited and uh, and uh, yeah, usually it's three or four travel days a week, and then two work days, and I maybe take one day to relax. That sounds good. And, and if you if you haven't, like I say, if you haven't seen Robert's video, I can't imagine the amount of footage that you have to take to make one of the videos because there's so many neat angles and perspectives and i like the camera up on the trailer and all of that you you do you really do a great job with the videos it's it's as if we're there with you and it's a lot of fun well the the past uh, six weeks are already about five gigabytes (laughs) 
Holy cow. Oh, wow. If, wow. You, if you know five giga- gigabytes, that's more or less all the footage I have for the past five, oh, that's crazy. five or six weeks. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Any advice to people planning some kind of a journey like this? Are you mostly staying on the like the highways or on the side roads or I mix it up. It depends. If I'm going to drive across Texas, I'll probably take I-10 because it's it's 800 and miles from <laughs> from uh, Beaumont to uh, to El Paso, for example. But then sometimes you, you want to take the, the side roads. They're more scenic. And um, it really depends. I, I, I mix it up. I mix it up. I, I know I wanted to go to Anaheim for VidCon, for example, and I reserved that three months in advance because just in case you know it, it's a besides the campground is right next to disneyland so you know yeah. it's, it's a high demand one but here Petaluma, i i know I, I saw that there were like three or four campgrounds same with houston texas there's like 20 campgrounds all, all around houston texas i'm like uh, chances are there's gonna be something so it right. really depends and, and the good thing about keeping your options open sometimes you decide you want to stay an extra day somewhere because you really liked it and nothing is more frustrating than, than having a, a reservation the next day and, you, you know, you have yeah. to rush to that next destination. Yeah, right. that, that's for sure. So I, I encourage people to follow you all over. Where where would you like to point them to, to join you on your epic journey? Well, my, my main thing is my YouTube channel. It's Traveling Robert. But I'm also on Amazon Prime. If you have an Amazon Prime uh, video account, you can also search for Traveling Robert, and I have some of my videos there. Usually the longer-form ones uh, are on Amazon Prime. In fact, I've gotten a lot of new followers through Amazon. And then, you know, social media, Traveling Robert, one word, uh, American spelling with one L. Because, you know, in, in Great Britain, uh, the rest of the world, actually, they spell <laughs> traveling with two Ls. Well, they say aluminium. I don't know how they get that out of aluminum. Well, you know, many things. <laughs> Potato, potato, tomato. <laughs> I was in London and, and, and uh, you know, what's the soup of the day? Uh, tomato and basil. And my wife is like, what is that? <laughs> it's tomato and basil, yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you very much for joining yeah. us here. And uh, we look forward to following your travels. Obviously, there will be links in the show notes to all of your adventures and uh have have fun and tonight we're going to an official gathering for traveling robert in petaluma at uh, lagunitas brewing company so i'm looking forward to some beer you guys have a Uh beer for me okay we will we will for sure can i I can i have two thanks yeah i feel like two okay that's (laughs) good all right you're the best What is that horrible racket? I bought a fortune cookie machine. That way I can give out cookies to tell everybody that they can share their car shows on the curbside car show calendar and listen to a fun podcast about vintage cars for free. It is free. You don't need a fortune. And anyone can share their car shows right from any smartphone or computer. How much did this thing cost anyway? Uh, a fortune. Hey, where did you learn that? Cookies. My husband is insane. But curbside.tv is a great place to get the word out about your car shows and enjoy a fun podcast about vintage cars. And it's always free. Well, I hope you enjoyed our interview with 
Traveling Robert, and hope you weren't scared by our interview with John <laughs> Goldstein. And uh, if you're in Southern California and, and you need any work done on your RV of any kind, they're the people to see. They're just super. Um, I want to remind you we have a place of the week. And the place of the week is somewhere you can actually pick up stressless camping cards. So uh, they're helping to spread the word about our little adventure here. And so we want to thank Lisa Wilson and the Clear Lake Campground. Uh, That's right. Clear Lake Campground is right on the shore of Cash Creek in Northern California's Lake County. And she now has our cards available. So swing by and camp for a couple of days and pick up some cards. Yeah, and if you'd like to be a place of the week, uh, we'll be happy to send you some cards and uh, people can pick them up and learn about our podcast and website. So um, that's all it takes. Just let us know. You can contact us at stresslesscamping.com. Well, if you would like to uh, find us, of course, we're always at stresslesscamping.com. And from there, you can jump off in all the various social places. The, Dive into Facebook. Yeah, go to Instagram, all of those things. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode. And, you don't want to miss that. No, and tell your friends. Tell people you don't know. Heck, tell everybody you yeah. meet. We really appreciate it. So, <laughs> well, thank you very much for joining us here at the campground and happy, happy camping. camping. We hope you enjoyed this week's adventure. Time to get out on your own journey, but don't forget to leave the review on your favorite podcast app and visit stresslesscamping.com for photos, stories, an RV calendar, and more. I'm stressless camper Larry Richardson wishing you happy camping.